Welcome to the Seacoast Vineyard Church podcast. We are a vineyard church located in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and we invite you to enjoy this message from God's Word. Good morning, church. It's so good to see all of you, everybody here. I know we have guests from uh, other churches as well joining us this morning, and uh, there's so much going on over the last two weeks that we haven't been together and we'll continue to go on in the days ahead as uh, we find, uh, as Jay said, a word I like, plethora, a plethora of opportunities to be able to, to love and to serve. Um, just to get you a little bit updated on Convoy of Hope, which the Vineyard partners with, they got stuck in Wilmington. Uh, they were coming from Florida and they were coming from Charlotte and other places, but that, that's probably where they needed to be at the time. So all their semis and all uh, were stuck there. And so they've been helping out up in that area, Leland, all in that area too. I've been in touch with Lucas Granger, our church plant that's up in Shalot. Lucas is out serving and feeding the relief effort and all at uh, Coastal Church, at the vineyard up in uh, Shalot and Ocean Isle area. And so things continue to, to, you know, to go forth. And in the days ahead, I realize you know, we've got a lot of work to do in the community, a lot of opportunity to show the love of Christ and to extend our, our hands and extend our sweat and, uh, and every part of our resources to seeing that our community is loved and uh, seeing that we can help one another at the same time and reach out. What a great time. Uh, I, you know, it's, this is all so unfortunate, but at the same time, love does. Here we are in a series where we are going to, for the next five, six weeks, take a look at what it means for us to love one another and to love our neighbors and to love our community. So I'm excited about that. And the small groups, if you can get to a small group or start a small group, please do that. Please find one to be a part of. Get in with them and uh, because there's no way to get the most out of this unless you join with some others and talk this out. And there's projects and it's just so much to do. And like I said, the environment is rich with opportunity right now. And so it's sitting there waiting on us. And so find a small group, start one, talk to Jay after the service, and uh, let's get the most out of this. You know, doing anything, stepping out and, and doing anything of, I would say, making an impact in our lives, it's always fun. And it's, to me, a lot easier to do it when you're with someone else, isn't it? If there's someone else walking with you. If you look back in your life and you look at those moments in time where God has seemed to be strategic in launching you into helping people or doing something exciting or risky, there probably was somebody else with you. And uh, at the times of, you know, Conway's on my mind. That's my hometown and my dad's house is over there and we were getting things out last Tuesday, my brother and I. And uh, and there's a trestle right on the, right where Kingston Lake feeds into the Waccamaw River right there. And growing up, that was, uh, we'd take a John boat and sail it down the river. And, you know, one day we're about three of us, we're probably 10, 12 years old. Back then, we just went, you know. <laughs> and uh, the trestle looked at us and beckoned us to climb it. It just said to us, here I am. Dare you float by and not take advantage of this? And I mean, you know, 12-year-olds, what do you think? And, and so we look at each other, and I don't know who the brave soul was. It probably wasn't me. But somebody, somebody said, let's do it, you know. And, and so we pulled up to it, climbed up the, you know, climbed up the thing up to the very top of the train trestle. 
that we stood on the top looking down and looked at each other. And one person, I don't remember who, probably wasn't me, uh, said, ah, you know, and, and jumped off. Well, well, what do you do? You jump in right behind them. Because there's just such, I mean, yeah, maybe there's a little intimidation factor. But, you know, there's this excitement factor that if they're going somewhere, I want to go with them. Wherever this is, this excitement, this, this sense of, of purpose in the moment, this energy, I'm going with them. And this is, love does is like that. This is what we're going to find out that we're inviting into, invited into what God is doing. And we're invited into it together. To go together. And it's so much easier when we're doing it with one another. And maybe you're afraid a little bit to step out or to, to reach out to someone or, or step into this thing. But listen, it's all right to be afraid. You know, courage, here's, I think this is Bob Goff says this in his book. Courage is not the same thing as the absence of fear. Do you get that? Matter of fact, that little bit of fear is the excitement to me. That's that little bit of, oh. You know, so when you step out, you have courage to step out beyond that moment of fear. And that's what puts you in a position of experiencing some things that you never would otherwise. And it, such is the case in this journey for us and love does. I think we're made for adventure. I think we're made for, for uh, experiencing things we've never experienced before. I, when, when we are placed here on this earth and why, you know, we look at, if you want to say our species, whatever. If you want to look at humankind and look at us, we were designed to make a difference. We were designed to rule and reign and to steward over that which is ours. And that takes some risky people. That takes people who will step out and do some things. And that's no different difference in our faith. Our faith has invited us. Jesus did not live a safe life. Can anybody tell me amen? I mean, did he just go through life? We would not know about him if he had lived a safe life. No, we know about Jesus because he put himself on the line and he lived. He stepped into it moment after moment into what his father invited him into. And God has invited his church into the same thing. For us to step into it and make a difference in our community. Um, you know, if we don't participate with God in this adventure, here's what... Here's what I find out. We have this thing in us about adventure. And if we don't do the godly adventure, we will find another adventure. Don't shout me down. It's called sin. If we don't do and step into God's adventure, we will find some adventure, something that excites us. Something that makes us feel valuable. Something that makes us feel powerful. We will step into that. Because we were designed to be a part of something. That's bigger than ourselves. We don't have time for sin. We don't have time for it. We don't have energy for it. Because all of that time and all of that energy. Should be going and being who God called us to be. And affecting our world. The way God has called us to affect it. That is our calling. That is what's deep inside of us. And when we don't fulfill it, we get in trouble. Somebody say, oh me. And it's true. Right? We stray because we were created to do something. To do something. 
And now is a great opportunity in this series and also in our world, in our communities right now. It's a great time to step into that. You've got a fill-in on the back side of your handout uh, as we launch this, uh, this series this morning. Uh, and also, we're gonna, we are going to receive an offering at the end. I'm going to have want the buckets back up here up front. We're going to gather for prayer when we close the service out. We're going to pray for the people that we know. Uh, maybe many of you in here who have been severely affected by the storm and your friends and family who are. Uh, there's probably not too many people in here who don't have someone that they care about and love, if not yourself, that is being affected by this storm. So we are going to pray for, for them, for ourselves, for our community, and for our efforts before we leave. And so um, on the back side, if you would flip it over, there's, uh, I want to mention three things today as we set our gaze toward God and set our gaze on doing the things God has called us to do. Father, thank you for your church this morning. Thank you for those who came out. And the Holy Spirit, you're so precious in the worship to us. And I know that the way that you deal with us, that in, in our vulnerability is where you are strong. In our moments, Lord, of weakness, that's where you're strong. In our moments of questions, Lord, that's when you're strong. In our moments when we have to rely on you and lean into you, it's when you show yourself strong among us. And so, Lord, we stand before you. Lord, a weak people in many ways, but also, Lord, full of hope and full of courage to be your people in the midst of a trying time in our communities. So we ask for you to teach us, Lord. Come and teach us this morning, Holy Spirit. Open our ears, our hearts. Lord, help me in my weakness. Give me the gift of teaching over the next few minutes. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I was thinking about another time, uh, the first time I ever... Got to be a surfing story in my sermon all the time, right? But uh, the first time I ever surfed what I would consider to be really serious waves, 10, 12-foot waves, um, we were in Puerto Rico and the storm had hit. And um, it had been building all week, all week, all week, like jumping from head high to double overhead to right on up. And the lines were just stacking up on the horizon. And so we got down to the break that morning and there were four of us on the trip and uh, three guys, we looked at each other and looked at, you know, Myrtle Beach. And what the, you know, what are we doing here? And, uh, but we walked around, there were rocks all out in the water and everywhere. And so we started to paddle out and this guy comes over to us and he goes, whoa, 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 don't paddle out there. He said, come with me. So he walks us down the coast a ways through some rocks, these giant rocks in the water. And we, he said, now paddle out around this rock. And then when you see the waves breaking 400 miles out there, you know, as soon as you see the first wave in the set break, paddle for your life. And you'll make it over. But if you paddle where you're going to right now, you're going to die. So, yeah, somebody with you, some guide with you, somebody helping you walk this life out is very helpful. And sure enough, we got out. We still got trounced good, but we still got out and we got out. Well, and so having someone with you, again, in a small group, someone walking in this life with you, someone that's beside you in the paddle out, it makes all the difference in the world, especially in times like this. Over in Exodus 3, and I've mentioned this scripture many times uh, in my life because it's, I think it's one of the best examples 
of how God calls us out to do things and calls out people that normally wouldn't be called out is the story of Moses, Exodus 3, 11 through 14. Let's read just a portion of this. Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. I think that is the most profound, amazing definition of God that you could possibly read. Who are you? I am. I am. I have been, always will be. I am. It's, you know, it's like looking at your dad sometimes. Remember that? And you go, I don't, I don't like you. You're not my dad anymore. I am. I always have been. I always will be. I am. And so who sent you Moses? Like that's enough. I am. That is the God who walked with Moses through all of this. And this is your first fill in. Because the sermon this morning I'm calling I am you are. And that is I am. It's good to know. The God that you are walking with in this moment and as you walk out into your communities to love them and to care for them. And in your church and in your families and friendship that you are walking with the God who has always been, always will be. He is I am. I am always. I mean what an explanation of who God is. Then over in, uh, over in Matthew 1, 23. Jesus birth we read and Christmas season is coming up soon and and how you know over and over again I find this amazing too is that the angels keep saying over and over again fear not fear not fear not fear not right actually that's a theme throughout the whole scripture fear not fear not fear not fear not church fear not fear not why because Emmanuel has come. What is that? Anybody tell me what Emmanuel means? God with us. I am is with us. God with us. What in the book of John, the gospel of John. It's been a while since I took this course. But uh, I know I just looked on my phone before uh, today. Just yesterday on it. And I counted over 40. More than 40 instances of I am, I am in the book of John. You think Jesus is trying to get us to see something? That he is with us, Emmanuel, God is with us now. He is here, he's in us, he's in this moment. Uh, in John 1.18, right at the very launch of that gospel, it says, no one has ever seen God but the one and only Son who is himself God. And is in closest relationship with the Father. Has made him known. Has made him known. Jesus has made the Father known. It's, that's the word we get the word exegete from. It's basically it means. And I like this simple. Because I'm a simple person. But it's like pulling the, 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 uh, the covers back. Pulling you know, the draperies back and letting you see who God is. That's what it's saying. That in Jesus, you finally get to see the curtains pull back. And there is God in all of his glory. It's in Jesus. 
So if you want to see what God the Father is like, look at Jesus. Because you could hear the curtains as he came to earth. Emmanuel, fear not, Emmanuel, God is with us. Here goes the curtains. And there he is in all of his splendor and all of his grace and all of his hope and all of his glory. And all of his invitation to us to come and see who the Father really is. Jesus Christ in all his glory. I am with you. I am with you. That's your second fill in. Jesus' name is a description, is kind of his job description. The name Jesus and that is God saves. God saves. But Emmanuel is, you know, that, or that's what he does. Emmanuel is who he is. God with you. That's who he is. He is with you right now. He is with each of us in this moment, at this time. God with us. God saves. God is with us. You remember the storm over in Luke 8, 23? Remember they got out in a boat and they're going across the lake and it says a terrible storm came up. Some of you, if you've been looking at any storms in scripture, <laughs> you know, it's pretty interesting to read, to read through the storms, especially with Jesus and how he handled them and, and all of this. Well, this story I thought was very yeah, special. Um, it says, as they sailed, he fell asleep. A squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped and they were in great danger. Look, the disciples are not freaking out because they're scared. They're freaking out because it's a serious threat. Did you read that? It's being swamped. You know what that means? Any, any people, any mariners out here, you know what being swamped means? A lot of you, homes, swamped, waves coming over, getting into the boat. The boats begin, Jesus is asleep. He's asleep. It's okay to read scripture in a funny way. It's all right, okay? I mean, God understands, right? Because I read stuff like that. And I go, really, Jesus, asleep? Seriously? Some of you may feel like that right now. Jesus, are you asleep? Are you sleeping through all of this? Where are you? Where are you? It's being swamped and they're getting concerned. And I can, these boats weren't huge. So it didn't take much for the disciples just to glance down. You know, and there's Jesus in the boat, sleeping away. As they sailed, he fell asleep. A squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped and they were in great danger. The disciples went and woke him. Master, master, we're going down. We're going to drown. He got up, rebuked the wind and the raging waters. The storm subsided and all was calm. And what did Jesus say? Where is your faith now? Question. 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 Jesus. Question. Did they just go silent at that response? I don't know. Wasn't there. But here's what I think. When he said, where is your faith? Did he mean your faith to calm the storm? Is that what he's asking? No, that's not what he's asking. He's asking, do you trust me? Where's your faith? Where's your faith in the middle of the storm? Because probably every single one of them on that boat were going to end up giving their lives for Christ. Where's your faith? You see, it's not just in the escaping from the moment that the faith is the most powerful. It's in the moment as we know, Emmanuel, God is with us. I am with you. 
Where's your faith? I am with you. And all up, all through this story, as he gets closer to the cross, and even after the resurrection, he speaks to Peter, he speaks to John, he speaks to the disciples, and he's preparing them for the life they're about to live, which will not be a comfortable life, but will be full of distress, and will be full of uncomfortable situations, and eventually even death. And yet, what? Emmanuel. God is with us. God is with us. Do we pray the storm that Jesus would go, calm? Yes, we do. And sometimes he does. But even if he doesn't, Emmanuel, God is with us. As Peter went to his death, as Paul went to his death, each one of them walked through treacherous times. God is with us. God is with us. Every step of the way. I am, I am with you. And so what does that, what difference does it make for us? This is your third fill in and it's simply you are, you are. Because God is I am, because Jesus is Emmanuel, God is with us. Here's, here's part of the results of that. In uh, Matthew five thirteen through 16, we read these Amazing words Jesus is teaching along and he says, You are the salt of the earth. You. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. You are the salt. You are the light. You are a city on a hill. You are. Now, there's various ways to read this, this passage of Scripture. A lot of us have been taught mostly that this is kind of a uh, you are, go do this, right? Right? That's the way we're taught, right? You know you're salt, you go do this. Now, salty person, you, you, know, you get out there, you're the light, you get out there and shine now. But there's another way to read this. That is, it's an imperative, but it's, it's also a done deal. You are the Salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. What does salt do? What does it do? It's salty. It preserves. It, it gives flavor to. It brings excitement to. It, it, it's, you know, and there are various ways to read this too. You have, you know, saltiness. Uh, if you want to make it look like, okay, I've, I've got to be salt, so I've got to, be, I've got to be what I'm not right now, then you would compare it to like the salt during this period of time in a cave. Like they would go in and take their fish and their meat and they would stick it in a cave that had salt deposits that were all over. But what happens? It leaches out after a while. It just begins to leach out and the salt loses its flavor. It loses its ability to be able to, to preserve. 
Another one is they'd take the salt water off of the Dead Sea and spread it out and they'd let it evaporate. But the problem with that is there's gypsum left in it. Because, and then you can't tell what's salt and what's not. Is it gypsum? Is it salt? And then suddenly it's not for use anymore. And then another way of salt during this period of time is the Arabs, would, they would take an oven and they would put the bottom of it with salt. And then they would bake their food in this oven that was encased with salt. But after the temperatures were so high for so long, the salt would wear out. And would be no good. Now, all of those are good. And maybe that's what, what he was talking about. But I don't think so. I think he's saying this is who you are. This is who you are. You don't have to try to be this. You just have to be this. Because this is who you are. That's why you feel these compulsions of compassion. And you... Your heart goes out to people. And it's why you feel like you should say something to someone. You should be there for someone. Because you're salt. Because you're light. Because you are a city on a hill. It's like I want to be a city on a hill Lord so much. I want to be salt Lord. I want to be salt. And and Emmanuel. God with you. Says. I'm with you. You are. You are. Just be who you are. Be who you are. Go with God's that impulse of loving people, sharing with people, being there with people. Do that. And listen, where it says you are the salt of the earth. Here's huge. You is plural. You is plural. Plural. You guys say, we are the light. Could you say that? We are the light. Okay. Salt of the earth. We are. We are. You're the light. The light though. When it says. You are the light. The light is, is plural. Do you get this? The light is singular. Excuse me. It's singular. Like it's you. Multiple. Make up one light. You plural. Make up one light. One shining light. You have these uh, lamps in your house that got multiple bulbs. Mine are always freaking out on me and doing weird things. I don't know. It's wiring, I guess. Um, but you ever seen that? But you see one light. Whenever you turn it on, there's four or five bulbs underneath the shade. But it's giving off a lot of light. That's you. It's like you're not burning along. You're not meant to burn along. You're not the only one. But together we make up the light. Together we are the salt of the earth. Together. In this moment, now, in our communities, with all the other churches and all the other organizations and people who are here to represent the love of Christ to, to all of our neighbors, we make up the light together. Together. You don't have to do this alone. Oh, did you know we have, uh, we have like prophets and sages in our church? We have people who give me proverbs all the time. And I got a great one from Ed Jackson the other day. This is probably a month ago after we finished our How to Make Good Decisions series. Ed came up to me and he said this. And I had to grab my journal because I'm always writing these proverbs down from you guys. But he said this. Not only do I not have to do this alone. I'm not supposed to do this alone. Not only do I, I don't have to. I don't have to. I'm not meant to do it alone. And you're not meant to do this alone. We're meant to do this together. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light, the city on the hill. Um, one, uh, one commentary I was reading 
said, interpret it this way. And if anybody wants to come up and try one of these, um, says, he said, uh, you are red hot peppers for the whole earth. <laughs> now, there's a ghost pepper. Anybody want to come up and try one of these? Nona uh, puts me through, Nona Dawson puts me through torture. She gives me these things. Then I have, my brother, my sons and I have to eat them. And uh, so uh, you are red hot peppers for the whole earth. You will add zest to the life of the whole world. That's you, my friends. That's us. That is the church of Christ, Emmanuel. I am with you. I am with you. And if you want to remember who you are and you want to try one of these, uh, <laughs> there's some other peppers in here that are awesome too, but the ghost ones, yeah, they'll ghost you for sure. But uh, do you get this, folks? What a great moment. We, together, your neighbors, your small group, we together are the light and the salt. You just step into doing what you do. Take some risk together over the next few weeks and months as we step out to love our community. Go next door. I've got all Jersey and South Philly next door to me. So it takes a southern boy a lot of nerve. You know? <laughs> I'm, I'm surrounded. You guys are taking over. I just don't you. To... <laughs> and they're absolutely wonderful. Absolutely wonderful people. And, you know, I've been praying for one particular, he's just a precious guy, just moved into the neighborhood, and he borrows my rake, and, uh, yeah, he did bring it back, and, uh, and he borrowed it again this morning on the way out, and, you know, I, I, I am honestly praying, I, I look at these things, and I go, God, what are you doing, because I don't think anything is just random. That's the life we're invited into by God. The randomness of life has suddenly become something very intentional. Very intentional. And so every place that we go, we pray, Lord, what's my part? Show me, Lord. You're with me. I am. You've always been. You're here. You're with me, Jesus. I am the salt of the earth. When I show up, salt shows up. When I show up, light shows up. When we show up, a city on a hill shows up. Together. Love does. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that you came to earth wrapped up in frailty, weakness, vulnerability, and yet we hear, fear not. Emmanuel has come. God is with you. Lord, at the end, you said, I will be with you even until the ends of the earth. I will be with you. I will be with you. And you're with us now. Thank you, Father. Thanks for listening to the Seacoast Vineyard Podcast. We are a vineyard church located in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and you can learn more about us by visiting seacoastvineyard.com. If you need prayer, you can call us or email care at seacoastvineyard.com. If you feel called to support us financially through a one-time or recurring gift, please click on the Give tab at our website 
or text any amount to 84321 and follow the prompts.